that's what I want to ask you. How bad do you want what is that idea, that dream in your heart? Because the truth is this, is everybody has a dream, but everybody dies in the struggle. Over 90% of the dreams die in the struggle, and they never taste that true victory bar. And I can tell you just by kind of researching your, your podcast, you've had, you've had victory on your podcast, and it feels amazing. We're like, wow, I had that person on my podcast? Like, yeah, but you would have never tasted that victory, and most people never taste that victory. So my, my answer to your question is this, is stop making excuses. You got to you gotta start somewhere. You're not going to have all the answers. You're not going to have all the – and, yes, we had medical bills. We had doctor bills. We had college too. My son was just <laughs> – he was just a freshman in college, $20,000 a year. But I still – when there's a will, there's a way. And it, when people make excuses, it just shows me that they don't want it bad enough, that they're just trying to figure it out. They're just thinking about it. And when you, you can't win with trying. You got to win by knowing. This is episode number 211 with Daniel Gomez. What is going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the American Sippets Podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. Once again, my name is Dave Brown. I'm here with my co-host and partner, Barbara Allen, and we have another awesome show for you here today. Our guest is Daniel Gomez. Daniel built a successful career running multi-million dollar organizations in the auto industry. But when his wife was diagnosed with breast cancer, Daniel walked away from that career to be by her side. And since then, he's actually rebuilt his professional path to match his true passions and is impacting thousands of people in the process. From his high-level personal coaching to inspirational speaking and his new podcast, Daniel has proven that even in the midst of adversity, there is opportunity to thrive. And in this episode, Daniel shares his hard-earned insight on digging out from underneath overwhelming challenges, the power of faith, and the nonprofit he and his wife built to support others battling cancer. So without further ado, here is Barbara Allen with Daniel Gomez. You're listening to the American Snippets Podcast. Hey there, welcome back to another episode of American Snippets. I'm your co-host, Barb Allen. So very happy to be sitting down today with Daniel Gomez. Daniel, how is it going for you today, man? Man, it's doing amazing. It's an epic Monday here in San Antonio. The sun's out. We got construction workers outside and I was really pumped up for this show. I'm, I'm ready. I'm all yours, Barb. This, I, I'm just, you know, I'm, 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 I'm as happy as happy can be. <laughs> That's awesome. I love it. I love starting off Mondays with interviews because it really makes me bring my A game. And there's no sort of like ambling into the week for me when I have to fire it up and rise up to the level of my guests every morning. It's 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 sometimes I feel like I really set the bar high for me on Mondays, but it's it's always a good thing. It's like going into that workout and you just feel so amazing once you, you get in the groove and you're going. So without having you here Monday morning, I might have taken it a little slower. It's a gray and gloomy day here in New York. It's very easy to be like, eh, not so much, right? But but I no, knew no. I had Daniel Gomez <laughs> online. So here we go. Thank you. Look, you and I were just talking before we started here that there are a couple of themes going around prevalent in this country, themes that we build our core basis on, on here on American Snippets and which you speak so eloquently and so passionately about, one of which is, is depression. But before we get into that, let's give our community a little bit of a background 
on Daniel Gomez, who you are, where you come from. You're doing some incredible things. You're on stages all over. Talk a little bit about, about what you're working on now, what, what Daniel Gomez Inspires does, because you have a couple different platforms, right? You've got your speaking, you've got your podcast. Let's get into it. Yeah, well, Daniel Gomez is a, is, a, is a simple guy who loves people. I love people. I value people. And I'll tell you, my perspective really went even deeper in that because I said I value people even more. I told my friend that. And he was like, well, that sounds dumb, right? I said, well, I guess you can't be my friend anymore, right? Because they don't get the perspective. You can always value and appreciate people even more. And this came about, Barb, because four years ago, my wife was diagnosed with breast cancer. And I was put in a position where my money, my title, my prominence in, in the automotive industry, I ran multi-million dollar organizations, couldn't save me. And as I made the shift, right, I realized I had more talent inside of myself than what I realized. We all have a God-given gift. But most people, they don't walk in that God-given gift. But little did I realize, because of that tragedy that came in, and I don't call it tragedy, I, w- I just call it that little bump in the road that really redirected yeah. me in the right direction. It opened up my business that I now have that's flourishing like crazy. I left corporate America to take care of my wife because she got depressed on me because she had a double mastectomy. And I had a choice to make. Hire somebody to take care of her or man up and be the man that I needed to be. And I manned up. But little did I realize at that moment that God was going to say, hey, dude, go be a motivational speaker. And I was like, huh? So when I came out, Daniel Gomez was... Daniel Gomez, a motivational speaker. And then the brand Daniel Gomez Inspires was born for my speaking platform. And then really as COVID transpired, the Daniel Gomez Inspires show just kind of blossomed. And we need to definitely get you on there. We want podcast of the year. We just got top 60 internationally, which was epic. And then from there, people started asking me for advice. And I was like, well, I had some coaching times, but I didn't really push the coaching side of it. And I'll tell you what, these last six months, the coaching has just exploded. We got Show the Fake Coaching. Those are our three pretty much platforms, but it all boils down to this. It's it's adding value and serving people that need our assistance and service. And, and my motto is this, right? Our products and services are the powerful solution for your problem. So that's how we approach things. Dude, you just said so many things. And if you see me, I, I usually take notes when, when I'm doing these <laughs> interviews because I... There's things that I want to come back to that are that are guess say, but I never want to interrupt your flow, right? Because it's it's all good stuff. You talk first off on how you left your corporate career. This is a theme that we see fairly often, but I also get a lot of questions from people. There's something that I really would love to do, but I'm in this job. I hate it. I'm unhappable. I'm uncomfortable, or it no longer fits what's changed in my life. But there's always that word "but" there, and it's always all these reasons that they feel as though they're, they have no option. They'd love to leave that job or that career path, but they have bills to pay, but they can't move, but people are counting on them. And usually it's financial, but also sometimes it's fear, fear of failure, fear of the perception of failure. It's different fears keeping them in ground. So your motivating factor really was pretty powerful. Your wife really needed you. And so that's a, I mean, that's almost like a no decision, right? If it comes down to your wife versus other things. So I want to break that up a little bit. Let's start first with what what you would say. And I know for you, maybe it was more clear because of your wife, but it has still have struggles and, and still concerns and issues and all that. So we're, I want to get into that in a second. But first, I want to ask you, what would you say to somebody who is saying that to me? What if somebody met, comes to you and says, Daniel, I have this job, it's paying my bills, but there's something else I'd really love to do. I don't know how to leave one to go to the other. 
I think it boils down to this is I I just had this conversation with a potential client. Well, we can't afford your services, but we really need them. I'm like, dude, it's like I call out your bullshit. It's like you're making excuses. It's excuses. And I and I go into the story. I said, you know why I can say that? Because little did I know, because of what I went through, I'm allowed to say that now, right? Because I've been in that position where my wife had a double mastectomy. She was depressed. She was in breast cancer. I mean, she was in the journey when we birthed Daniel Gomez Enterprises, which is our which is our LLC, our the, the, the mother of all of our platforms. And I say that because the moment you stop making excuses, the moment you stop making excuses and your back's against the wall and there's nowhere else to go but forward, that's when you really realize that you're going to stop using your wife, your family, the bills as an excuse because the reality is this, is how bad do you want it? That's what I want to ask you. How bad do you want what is that idea, that dream in your heart? Because the truth is this, is everybody has a dream. But everybody dies in the struggle. Over 90% of the dreams die in the struggle. And they never taste that true victory bar. And I can tell you just by kind of researching your, your podcast, you've had, you've had victory on your podcast. And it feels amazing. When like, wow, I had that person on my podcast. Like, yeah. But you would have never tasted that victory. And most people never taste that victory. So my, my answer to your question is this. is Stop making excuses. You gotta, you gotta start somewhere. You're not gonna have all the answers. You're not gonna have all the. And yes, we had medical bills, we had doctor bills, we had college too. My son was just, <laughs> he was just a freshman in college, twenty thousand dollars a year. But I still, when there's a will, there's a way. And it, when people make excuses, it just shows me that they don't want it bad enough. That they're just trying to figure it out. They're just thinking about it. And when you, you can't win with trying, you gotta win by knowing. How did you, did you always have that mindset? Did you, did you grow up in an environment that nurtured that mindset? Where does that come from? Is that just innate? Is it learned? Is it both? You know, I always, I, I always, in the automotive industry, I always grew. And what I mean by that is most people quit in the automotive as a car sub. And I started off as a sales professional and most people quit being a sales professional now that I look back because they don't want to grow. They don't want to change and they don't want to adapt to what's around them. And I'll tell you, the automotive industry was a foundation of who I am today because, hey, no business survives without sales, right? Without revenue, you're not going to make it. I don't care if you're selling cupcakes or you're selling haircuts, you're not going to make it. But I think in that process of going through weeks where I didn't sell a car, you develop grit. And when you have grit in your side, inside your heart and soul, that grit is going to carry you during those people. I'm not going to say it's been an easy four years because I'll tell you, I was in the bathroom and I cried and thought about giving up. But I think just the resilience that you build up, that grit that you build up. And I think at that moment, I really started listening. I went and saw Brian Tracy probably about 20 something years ago. And he just really put in me, a, a, I did a goal setting exercise that that year I hit like nine of my goals. And I was like, wow, this stuff works. I wrote 10 goals down. It works. And I'm a big believer. Hey, why break what's why 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 redo what's what's working? Don't break the don't break the wheel that's broken. I mean, don't break the wheel that's working for you. And I just kept doing goals, and I think that's where my personal development started. But I didn't. I'll I'll be honest with you. I didn't see it as personal development. And then that's when Tony Robbins was called Anthony Robbins. I bought one of his CD sets. Yeah, CDs. I'm telling you my age. <laughs> <laughs> it started there, and I think without seeing it. We're so much in the busyness of life and business that we, when you step out and you look like, wow, like this is me. You don't realize everything you do, Barb. And I think when my wife was there on the couch depressed, I really did a self-assessment and reflected on who I was and what I brought. And I didn't know everything, but I said, 
I know more things than I do, than I realize I do. Yeah. And sometimes it takes that moment, that life changing moment for you to really sit back and take that personal inventory and assess, okay, this is where I am now. What do I have? What do I have in my toolbox? What can I pull out to, to build where I am now when that foundation is swept out from underneath you? And I like what you say too about how you've changed during, or all the things that you've managed to build even during COVID. This has been an extremely difficult year for so many people in so many different ways. And a lot of people who've invested their their life, every all of their resources and businesses and building and launching their dream had that just yanked out from underneath them. And it's either been you pivot and and adapt and survive and then thrive or you don't. How what are some of the things that you did to to spin around to meet the way the world tilted this past year? Well it was it was it was it was um it was amazing because we had just had an epic business accelerator event here, live event in San Antonio that we were we had in March 5th. And people were like, hey, you're going to cancel? I said, no, we're going to do it. They're like, you're crazy. I'm like, no, this is why. I said, because God said to have it. And two weeks later, March 16th, when the whole country closed down, I lost like almost $40,000 in paid speaking gigs. And I was like, what am I going to do? <laughs> and I just really, prior to that, this is my shift, right? I turned to my faith. Most people try to be self-reliant. And I can tell you, Daniel Gomez Inspires is not self-reliant. I'm God-reliant. And everything that I have is because of God. And he got after me when we first started the business. He goes, look, are you going to do this or are you going to allow me to help you? Are you going to let me be the CEO? And in God's humor, I was like, well, can I at least step down and be the president? He goes, you can be whatever you want, but you can't be the CEO. And if you look at my LinkedIn profile, it says president of Daniel Gomez Enterprises because God is the CEO of our business. And I allow myself to really soak in the ideas that come from, from just serving him and my faith. And the idea came up with the podcast. And of course, we all have doubts, right? No matter what level of success, the next level of success is always going to challenge you. And those little fears and doubts are going to creep in. But it's, it's acting in spite of that. And when he said, we'll start the podcast, I'm like, well, who's going to listen to me? But I had been practicing. I had this mic. I had been practicing. And I was like, well, no. And I was like, you know what? Just do it, right? Let's just do it. So we did it. And because we acted in spite of fear, we won podcasts of the year last year. And then, like I said, our podcast went top 60 internationally here about a month ago. And because of that, the idea came up with Sticker Shock Speaking Academy. And I, I told my friend, I said, my publisher, Michael D. Butler, I said, hey, dude, like, God gave me an idea. What do you think? He goes, dude, let's do it. And all you need is one person to believe in you. And you're like, well, let's do it. And it's because it's an investment. But I think when, when, when the going gets tough, most people don't make that additional investment. And it's monetary within yourself that you need to. And, and they, they paralyze themselves in fear. And instead of progressing, you're regressing. And when you're going backwards, you and I both know that your revenue goes downhill and your business can die. And that's what happened to a lot of people in America. And in that time of COVID, when, when everybody was shutting down, we were investing thousands and thousands of dollars in our business and it paid off huge dividends because now Sticker Shock Speaking Academy, we just had our second one this month in March. And it was our highest revenue generating program that we had and it's still generating revenue residual thousands because we made that investment of thousands up front, but most people won't bet themselves to that next level because of their fear of losing out on money. And if you don't take those big risks, you're not going to get those big rewards, Barb. 
Okay. So what do you say to the people then who are saying, Daniel, I hear you, but I literally don't have the money. I can't, I couldn't even pay my electric bill this month. I had to take advantage of the mortgage relief because we had no income coming in. And to their, you know, in their defense, there are plenty of people who are in that position who genuinely do not know how they're going to even pay their, their gas bill this month. You know, heating oil has gone up through, oil has doubled in the past couple of months. So I do want to take a minute to address people who are, who are genuinely in that position on things that they can do, even if they can't literally cannot afford to do what, what you're speaking of here. What are some things that they can do while they're in this point to prepare themselves to move up to the next point? Well, see, you just said the magic word prepared is preparation. Most people never prepare. They never prepare for the future. They never prepare, right? Preparation is the promotion, right? When you're getting prepared, it's promoting to the next level. So what I, what do I mean by that? Well, just think about it this way. I had a friend of mine that before you know it, boom, he's weighing 400 pounds. He didn't get up to 400 pounds overnight. It was a process that he got there. He, it took him, he probably got there and like, it took him like 12 years to get there. So he got to 400 pounds overnight. He's not going to lose that 400 pounds from one day to the next, from one week, from one month to the next, from one year maybe to the next, that if he wants to lose 200 pounds. So what I mean by that is you didn't get to where you're at right now by accident. There's something that you did the process. So you need to take, you, first of all, you need to own it. And I don't, I don't mean be falling that guilt and that shame, but okay, well, great. What did I do that got me here where I didn't have reserve money, where I didn't have that additional income? Because most people, is, this is the truth, and I'm just going to be straight up honest, yeah. right? Yeah, that's, they, what we, they, that's what we go for. They live over their means. They live over their means, and they buy crap that they don't need because they're trying to keep up with the Joneses, and they're comparing themselves. And 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 instead of saving up, like I never save for a rainy day. I don't believe in that rainy day. I, one thing that, you know, I, I love Dave Ramsey, and I read his book, and I did apply some of his principles. But to me, the rainy day sets you up for a rainy day, right? If you focus on a rainy day, <laughs> you're that, a yeah. rainy day right? Yeah. So that's, I don't believe in that stuff. But I do believe in saving for the future. And I just had that mentality to where I always save. And even though I could have gone and bought out that, I could have bought that half a million dollar house 10 years ago. I never bought it till this year, last year. It's when we bought it because we had the green light to do it. Like I said, God's my CEO, it goes do it. So even though I had the money to do it, it's like I didn't do a lot of things. I lived below my means, even though I could have bought the, uh, another Corvette or another Ferrari or 20 Rolexes. I chose to say, well, I'm living below my means, but we're still happy. We're still taking trips. We're still doing, and we still live life to the fullest. But most people, they, they, they make 10,000 in revenue and then they spend 15,000 and they wonder why their books are in the red because they over, they, they don't know how to budget it. They don't have a financial mindset. They don't have that business mindset. So I would say this, most businesses are struggling because they, they leave that employee nine to five job and they never develop that business mindset. They get stuck in that first level, whether it's an entrepreneurship or small business and that's how they see themselves at. But they're in the position itself, but they still have the thinking. They still have the operational mindset of a nine to five employee. And because of that, they've never prepared their thinking. So it starts in the preparation of your mindset to develop that business mindset, to develop that business thinking and put the infrastructures that you need. That way, when that day comes, you're not going to be so easily blown over when the hurricane comes. Like the palm tree is going to bounce back because you have everything you need in the foundation of your business set up for this and that's where most people messed up because a they overspend they live beyond their means and b they they they, they don't have a bigger vision for long-term goals 
Yeah. So to somebody who is now recovering, say they had, they just invested everything they had in a restaurant and that restaurant closed down, went under, they're left in debt. I mean, COVID really did wipe out restaurants among other things, right? What are, what are some things they can do then to, to rebuild and recover from that, even emotionally, mentally, and then financially to get back, to get back on track to, okay, Mark, to where so, they want to be? So I, I got that because I had, I had two restaurants that I was hoping. Yeah. The first thing I go in there, I say, let me see your books. They don't have any books. Okay, let me see your financials. I don't have any financials. Well, what did you keep track of? Well, what do you mean? Yeah, like what the money that where I want to I want to see the I want to see your your revenue that you were getting. Well, great. I'm like, this is it. Well, yeah. But what about the cash? Well, we didn't keep track of that. How did you not keep track of the money you got coming in? Well, it's like, well, you got to report all your revenue. So I'm going to say this, and I can say this with confidence because I've seen this in many businesses. Anytime you're jiggy, right? The Bible clearly says it. Dishonest scales, a Lord dislikes. So if you're not keeping proper books and you're not reporting 100% of your revenue, your business ain't going to prosper because you're not being a business of integrity. You're being dishonest. And I, I hear many small businesses, especially small entrepreneurs, wow, well, you know, I don't want to pay the taxes. Like, no, dude, you got to pay the taxes. You got to pay to Caesar what is due to Caesar. And I can tell you that, you know, not that maybe we're off a dollar or ten dollars over the hundreds of thousands that we that, that we generated last year. But I say that because I report everything. Like if I go down and say somebody says, "Hey, you have this," like, yeah, you know what? And I'm like, okay, well, I was out of here, so I, I put that to the event that I was at. A good example is, okay, say I sell a book, right? I sell a book, and I didn't have a receipt, and it was just on the airport. Okay, well, you know what? I just came back from this conference. So I'm going to show that revenue on the conference, right? There's always a way to report it where I send them the invoice state. There's always a way to do something, right? Give me your email. I'll send you the receipt. Great. But most people don't do that. And I'm, and I, and I'm real particular about that because that's what allowed our business to have a record right here in 2021. We're having record breaking revenue because I truly believe that God honored the fact that we report everything that we make. And I don't say that in a bragging way, but if you're a business not reporting everything that you're making in the long run, you're going to suffer, right? When the, the seeds that we sow, they're going to show up. So the first thing I would say to that person is, hey, were you being honest with yourself? Were you reporting everything you have? Because it's a character issue. If you have the wrong character, you start to be business, guess what? The same thing is going to happen. So that's the first thing that I would ask. And then this, the second thing that I would say is I get it, right? There, there's people that did close their business down. And I, 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 I understand exactly because when I was 26 years old, 21 years ago, we opened up our first business. It was called Alicia's Piñatas. We had a retail front and it closed down. After a year, my dad passed away. I didn't want to do it, but it wasn't a failure. That experience that I had gave me so much wisdom when I was 26 going into the automotive industry and I was determined to succeed. And that very failure that when we closed down that first store, the experiences that I learned have helped me to prosper now in this new business. So don't think of it as a failure. Think about it. Okay, what did I learn through this? Whether your restaurant was open for a year, for two years, for five years, what could I have done better? Because the quality of the questions that we ask ourselves determines the quality of our life. The questions that you ask yourself are the vehicle to your, let me say that again, the quality of the questions you ask yourself is the quality of your life. And the questions that you ask yourself are the vehicle to your future. Yeah, that's a... And that's a really great way of looking at it. The quality of the questions you ask yourself. That's true, man. That's and even some of the things you're saying. I'm, it's like you just described the path that I took over the over the years. Like I saw myself 
a few years ago and so many of the things that you were saying, I'm like, oh yeah, you know, he's right. He's right. Like, I, I, I believe you because I, I've lived it and I've walked it. Do you get people, cynics, who look at you? Because I hear you and even I was talking to you before, you know, I'm a, I hear you in clubhouse rooms and you almost always tend to lead to, with your faith. And you talk a lot about a lot about God. You know, God is calling me to speak to you, to say this, to say this. And it just comes naturally to you. It just pops out. And do you have people who push back against that, who are, are taken aback, who respond adversely or turned off or repel? What, I'm curious to the reaction you get because I've seen different reactions to, to talking about faith and talking about having conversations with God. I've seen them across the board, so I'm curious to know what reactions you're getting. Well, first of all, I don't care what anybody thinks about Yeah, I know, I know you don't. I know you don't. That's why I didn't ask, how does it make you feel? I'll be frank, I don't give a shit what anybody thinks, right? I'm going to be honest with you because that's the thing, right? I'm not about religion. I hate religion. I'm not religious. My relationship is with Christ Jesus. I agree with you a thousand Uh, percent, yes. Let let me say that to the masses again. I am not religious. Yes. I don't believe in religion because religion is man-made. And that's why people are turned off about God. So that's one of the things that I say when I'm given the opportunity. It's it's about having a relationship with the Father. And and really, I kind of sounded arrogant, so I don't want to come across as arrogant, but I humble myself and I say, well, you know what? We all have different beliefs. I respect it. But when the boldness, when the boldness needs to come out, that lion roars, right? That's who God is, right? So we were in a room in Clubhouse, and I got this message. Grand Cardone walked into the room, and there was an automotive group, and they were there. And God said, dude, pray for this guy. And I'm like, right now? I was like, yeah. So I acted on it. I said, hey, Grand, before you leave, man, can we say a prayer for you? He goes, yeah. And somebody messaged me, oh, I had to leave the room, and it was so disrespectful and religion and and I just said, hey, man, I go, I'm not going to be apologetic for what I did. When God tells me to move, I'm going to move. I said it just like that. It's amazing how people, right? People always try to poke you. But if you don't react the way they expect you to, and they try to poke you again. But I've learned maturity is ignoring people, right? I don't need to respond. I'm not, I'm not going to bring myself down to that level. And I, was, I didn't get there overnight because before I would, like, I would have said, well, I would have probably commented back something dumb or something like, right? <laughs> just yeah. sarcastic to him. But I've learned... To ignore them because this is this is for your audience. This is for somebody out there. People will criticize what they can't duplicate. Let me say that again. People will criticize what they can't duplicate. So with this particular gentleman, I said, dude, I'm sorry, but I'm not sorry. Next day, if you need to leave the room again, leave the room. If you don't like me, block me on face on, on the clubhouse. It's no no biggie to me. But I stood my ground because that's what my beliefs are. That's what my without God being my CEO, I wouldn't be where I'm at. I'm not gonna apologize to anybody for that. So it's as simple if somebody is offended, I say, well, you can offend me, you can unfollow me, but I am who I am. I'm not going to change that. And I think right now where we're at, if you're looking at all the things that are happening in our country, in this great country of the United States of America, it's we're suffering because right now there's no morals. There's no integrity because everybody tried to take God out of everything. And we're seeing the cause and effect of the, the cause, the, the cause was, so let's take God out of the school system, let's take God out of this. And we're seeing the effect of that. We're, we're having an identity crisis in our country where men and women don't even know what their gender is, which is pretty sad when it is clearly stated that men and women do exist and that women was from right from the rib of a man and that we have men and women. So to, it hurts me when people don't know who they are and it just, it's, it goes back to the, 
foundation of this is when you remove God from anything, God is the glue that holds everything together. Yeah, I've seen a lot of what you're talking about sweeping the country and some of it hits closer to home than than the rest of it. But one of the things I did start to notice is that it did start with an attack on the Pledge of Allegiance, you know, taking God out of the Pledge of Allegiance. And I sat back and watched in the beginning, like, oh, this is crazy. This isn't going to go anywhere. And <laughs> and it did. And it spiraled. And now today, this week, there's a whole product out that speaks about Satan and people are worshiping, literally has a drop of human blood in it. They're only selling 666 uh, of these products. And and it's being celebrated and lauded. So now it's almost like the the removal of God and faith and God doesn't have to be one denomination. Like you said, I grew up a Catholic church, right? Eight years of Catholic school. And what it did help me tap into a foundation of faith, but it repelled me against religion. And then experiences I had out outside of that, beyond that into adulthood did as well. But I was able to hang on to faith, but now it seems that faith is being attacked and when you lose that, I lost that in my life to some extent for a while. And I felt that firsthand, but I see it happening across the country. So I like that you're out there speaking about faith and putting it out there. And I like that you don't take a hit and drop if somebody comes at you because we need more people speaking up to talk about faith, to talk about positivity, to talk about moving forward and embracing the good things. We need more and more and more of that to sort of stay in the line, but between goodness and, and this assault that's being raged upon it. And that's how I feel. So I'm glad to see you out there doing that. I'm glad to hear you say right here that you don't give a shit what people say. And I know that doesn't mean you don't give a shit in terms of you don't care about other people. It just means you're not going to take it personally. You're not going to let that stop you, which is great, which is great. Yeah, Did you always have that level of faith? Is that well, something I, you had to come by? I would say... I've had that faith probably for almost 25 years now that I really like, that's kind of how I walk. And, and to, to respond to the comment that you made is most people that respond that way about God somewhere along in their life, they've been hurt because of somebody that was religious or religion, or, you know, they, they, they let that bad taste. So I realized that they're just like hurting people, hurt people. And they're just hurting somewhere in their life. And sometimes when, when people, react at me they're not really reacting at me they're reacting to the fact that maybe something that happened when they were a kid or when they were got maybe they got divorced or something happened so i've learned that and i think a part of maturity as a person is you can't take things personal and when you don't take i teach i teach this to my corporation and my leadership development right you can't take anything personal and that so many times we take it personal and we want to be we want we want to backlash we want to respond and and you know people teach to react and respond and worry whether you react or respond just okay why why stupid people devils because you don't know what their backstory is so i do have compassion from that point of view but if somebody's going to come at me like hard it's like hey, dude i'm not going to apologize for who i am and they those are the people that need prayer that need god so you know and, and in talking about this it's like no matter how much success i had i can tell you that when our businesses were growing in the automotive industry and there was a time that I did like, right. I, I wasn't as close to God as I should have been. It's like that emptiness sets in. And I think our country is feeling void right now. We're feeling that sense of, of unfulfillment of, of, of this lostness, right? We, we're going through this shift where we don't even know who we are. And that's where, because of that depression sits in, because think about this, 
we're just talking, we're talking about Clubhouse, right? Because when would you when you ever think you'd see Paris Hilton on Clubhouse? Do you ever think you'd see MC Hammer? These are people that had some influence and prominence, and now they don't even know who they are. They're hanging out on Clubhouse to try to get recognition because they don't know how to handle it because they feel lost. All these movie stars, I, I know, I know the world's gonna open up, but it's, I can tell you, Hollywood's not gonna be the same. And people that here's hoping anyway. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's not. Yeah. It really isn't. And yeah. think about and but so. I say that because when you do what is right, when you walk in righteousness, God will bless it. And you look at a great example of that is Tyler Perry. His studio is bigger than, I think it generates more millions and billions now than, than what these big people do in Hollywood. And I read an article where it's like, he's doing, he's producing more movies that are, that, that are, have good morals, good integrity, good content. And he's doing like, I can't think of what the exact amount, so I don't want to lie, but his revenue is blowing like two or three big paramount away out of the, out of the park. From a small guy that said, hey, let me trust in God and look at where God's taking him for doing that. That's awesome. I don't even know anything about that. So now I'll look into it. Um, so you mentioned that there was a time when you were doing well in the automotive industry that you weren't feeling close to God. Can I ask you about that time? What was going on in your world then? Yeah, I think it, I think with anybody else, when you're a young leader, you're growing up and then people start serving you and paying attention to you. You get all this recognition and your ego swells up and you think it's you. And and it's not you, it's God. But it, I thought it was Daniel Gomez and my pay plan was structured a certain way. And I'm like, hey, well, I, I, I built this leadership up to what it is. And it wasn't me, it was my team. I always gave my team credit. Whenever they brought anything, whenever we did anything, I took care of. I mean, my employees ate well. They 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 were taking care of well. But in that arrogance, I thought it was my like I did it solely. And I think in that I allowed myself to be blinded by my ego and my pride. And it just God said, you know, you're not you're not getting this, man. You're you're. It was me, not you. And I didn't. I don't think I wanted to hear that, right? Because I would say. I built this dealership to what it is today. I was getting recognition from Chevrolet, from just people saying, wow, like their numbers are going up. And it was just arrogance. It's just, you grow up and, and, you know, sometimes you get, we wonder why sometimes our businesses don't grow so fast. It's because if they were to grow fast, you would crumble under, under the success. And a good example is people that win the lotto. They've never had that millions of dollars and all of a sudden they have it. It crushes them because they don't know, they don't, they don't have the character. They don't have the substance to handle that. So I think it was just my ego and my pride got the best of me and just had to learn from those lessons. Were you burning bridges, burning relationships, all those kinds of things? No, it, was, it wasn't so much. I was like, a, 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 I wasn't a rebel, but it was like uh, me. Actually, it's a, it's a good story for somebody that I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to share this. I've never shared it on a podcast. You know, me and the owner just had a disagreement and, and they were like, well, you got to, you're going to switch your pay plan around. I'm like, no, like this is what we agreed upon. And I bucked up to him and I just stopped caring. Right. I just stopped caring about what I was doing and I was still making tons of money. But when we, we, it came to, it came to a fool's head where it's like, he ended up letting me go because my arrogance got too big. Right? I didn't, I didn't, I, didn't re I stopped respecting him for a while. And I just, he goes, hey, man, as much as I love you, I'm going to, this is what we part ways. I understand. And I respected him because I had been with him for many years. Or this, two years had passed. And when this happened with my wife, 
I was here at work at my at our old office, and God says, "Hey, you want your business to grow?" I was like, "Yeah, of course I do." He goes, "Good. You need to go apologize to Mr. Vada." I was like, "What?" He goes, "Yeah, I'm gonna forgive you. I didn't want to. Not that I didn't want to, because I was prideful. Was, I didn't want to because I was like, this guy's gonna show up at my dealership two or three years later. Like, what do you want?" Yeah. <laughs> so I win, right? Yeah. I win because it like I ignored it. I ignored it for like about a month and God says, Hey, I told you to go by the Chevy dealership. I went by there and I was there. He happened not to be there. I'm like, hey, I showed up, God. I made an attempt. I'm at the dealership. You see me, right? I mean, I didn't I wasn't that obvious about it, but I said, God, hey, I'm here. And God says, Wait, he's gonna come. And I was I was in my car waiting for him to come back from lunch. And I I know his schedule because we used to go to lunch together. I know him. And I was like, man, he's just back by one o'clock. Like it's already one twenty. Like I was and I God says no. So it was the longest like forty five minutes in my car waiting for him to get back because a of course you're there waiting and then you think to yourself, man, this is stupid. Why am I doing this? And and um, so what is how is he going to react to me? Like then all these things are playing in my head. And I, but I knew that I had to, not for him, but for me, I had to tell him, Hey, I'm sorry for the way I left. Because of course, whenever you leave a job, sometimes, sometimes you, you take those employees with you. And my attitude was, I'm going to show him. I, 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 some employees went with me and you know, you, you, you get that revenge factor in your mind. And when he finally came back, I was like, Hey, sir, you got a moment. He goes, yeah, what's going on? I said, no, can I go to your office? So, you know, I just said, Hey, I just want to let you know that I'm, I look up to you and I always look up to you as a father. And I wanted to let you know I'm sorry for the way I left. Please forgive me for the mistakes that I made. And he teared up. I teared up. And that was it. He gave me a big hug. And I walked out. And I truly believe if I wouldn't have done that part, I wouldn't be where I'm at today. Because yeah. if, God, if God can't trust you with little things like that, he can't trust you. And it was hard. I'll tell you, it was one of the hardest things I've done as an adult to go back and reconcile a relationship. And not that it's that we have talk every day now, but I did what God put in my heart to do. And that was my seed of, for my success of today. I love it. That does. I'm imagining doing that to, to a few people. I'm like, oh, yeah. So I hear you. I hear that. That must have been a pretty almost liberating feeling to have as well. Let me get into, I definitely want to talk about the nonprofit that you and your wife do because it's so powerful. And as we were talking before we started recording, that's a major premise of what we're built on. A is turning pain into purpose, you know, flipping that into a powerful purpose and B taking accountability for our own well-being and reaching out to impact others in whatever community it is you're in. And you and your wife are doing all of that and more. Can you talk for a minute about your nonprofit? Yeah, so, so, so the Monty Strong Foundation was birthed out of nowhere. God had put it in my heart to start a nonprofit because my wife, when we were going through her breast cancer reconstruction and all the journey that we went through, like we people don't realize even with insurance, you're still paying $400 a week you're spending a lot of money outside of your pocket because of the radiation or chemo or whatever you're going through, the treatment you're going through. And no one would help us for those little payments because they're like, well, you got to wait 90 days. And in my mind, I'm thinking like, well, in 90 days, if somebody really needed that, we, 
we could have used the help. It wasn't a dire straits situation, but we we knew that there was a gap to fill. Maybe somebody needs a hundred dollars for groceries or a hundred dollars for gas or just to fill that gap. And when God said to do this, I was like, well, how do we do it? And he brings us the people. So in that, I was like, well, you know what? Let's call it the Mighty Strong Foundation. So through the Mighty Strong Foundation, we have a women's conference every October for Breast Cancer Awareness Month. And the money that we raise, we're able to give back to the women who need groceries or make, can't make those chemo payments or those uh, um, with the radiation payments. And that's what we do. And it's, it's, we partner with some of the bigger nonprofits. So we're kind of like, we have an umbrella protection under them and guidance, but it's, it's beautiful when you, you're able to help women who just really, I'm not saying to, I'm not, I don't want to sound arrogant in this, but you know, I have a different concept of money to me. Like, you know, a million dollars is not a lot of money, but to people, that is a lot of money. So I respect them for that. So if we're able to give somebody a hundred dollars, that's like a lot of money to them. So we give out 500, 1,000, whoever, whatever it is, the, the donation that we, the sponsorship that we do for them. But just to see that, that, that they're real grateful to them. And I'll never forget one day we did, uh, I think we gave out HEB gift cards and HEB is a grocery store in San Antonio. And they were so grateful because, wow, now I can go buy groceries. Like some of them didn't even have groceries. So it just is when you can make a difference to your nonprofit and really see the, the joy and see how my wife is growing in this. And my wife, my wife is a real introvert. So seeing her growth and how she's reached out more to women and just the community has been beautiful. So the Mighty Strong Foundation, we give back to women who have been devastated because of breast cancer. And we support them in those small amounts of to less to where, hey, we need some immediate help or source of just gas money, whatever it is, we're here to help you with that. Yeah. And that is really cool. You know, there was a time in my life where I was in that place where through a gigantic series of events, some self-inflicted and some not, but I guess all self-inflicted when you look at it. But anyway, I was at that point where I, I needed that help. I was at the point where I had allowed everything to be taken from me and I was having trouble buying groceries and paying my mortgage and just bridging this few month gap I had before a new job started. And people stepped forward and helped me through that gap that allowed me to continue being, you know, providing the things that my four children needed and get to the place where I could start that new job, where I could start generating income and relearn the feeling of adding value back to the world. All of that thing that literally helped me change my life from that three to four month period where people stepped forward and I had to swallow my pride and go to them and ask for help, which was horrible at the time to do, but you know, I'm so yeah. glad I did it. It was awful, but uh, you know, now I get to be on the boards and then I got to be in the other position where I was able to hand out that help. But I can speak to you just that when you say just that little bit to buy groceries, I remember, and I'm actually getting emotional inside, you know, thinking about that, remembering what it felt like to say, oh my goodness, here's a card to the grocery store. I can actually come home with these groceries for my kids and they're never going to have to know that we were this close, you know? And I mean, that those three to four months were actually where I was able to turn my life around because of the grace and support of people who did exactly what you're doing for yeah. other people. So I can, I can guarantee that you are having that kind of impact. There's several people out there saying, oh my goodness, this bit of support I got was instrumental in me getting through this period of time. And that's so cool. That's what 
I really love connecting with people who are doing that in their own communities and in their own lives, because I think that's what humanity is about. And that's what we need to dig more deeply into in this country. You know, I, I got to say that it's one of the best things that you can do to help somebody. And because people just sometimes I believe in helping people. I don't believe in enabling them because some people. There's a fine line. Yeah. Yeah. There's a fine line there. But I'll tell you what, there's nothing as rewarding as, as donating to a nonprofit and giving to a charity that really is out there making a difference. So if you're listening, donate to Barb's charity or go out there and support a nonprofit because people really need help. Yeah, we're going to put the link to your nonprofit there as well. And we'll, continue, we'll add it to our list. We started a Great American Syndicate community for people to give back and support one another through life's challenges. And part of that goes to certain nonprofits. So we put your organization on our nonprofit for an endowment fund to include in the list down the road because it's also hard to make, it's also important to make sure that you trust the nonprofit that you're supporting. So when I find one that I know is legit and valid, I cling to it. And, you know, that's that's important to me to to make sure it's being properly used. All right. Your podcast, I call them Corona Cast. I think there were a lot of Corona Cast started. Right. <laughs> so yes. it's like we were you know, we were just turning corner and we and then this wave of Corona Cast came and we had to adjust and pivot. Be like, where where did all these people come from? It's like we were driving down this road. We just got ahead of all the tractor trailers blocking our way and like a whole fleet of tractor trailers arrived. We were like, what? You know, so we had to learn to, we had to navigate around that too. But you just sort of merged onto that highway, took your Corona cast and launched it straight up. How, how has that path been for you? Who was your very first guest? Wow. Well, actually a mutual friend of mine was, of ours was, was one of our five, I had five to launch. Yeah. Five episodes. So the first one was me. Then we had Epic Alex Stern. I, I was able to share the stage with him and Tom Bilyeu in Sacramento. So we became friends, a co-founder of Constant Contact. And then Tony Watley, I had been on his podcast when he first started his. So he was one of our first guests. Sean Douglas was a mentor of mine in the speaking world. He's like, yeah, dude, let's do it. So I was able to have like really high quality guests right off the bat. And I think that just set the stage, the foundation to where girls going to take us to. And but little did I realize that we we're going to have Evan Carmichael, Forbes Riley. We just had John Lee Dumas on our show. And then we've had like Mark Victor Hansen and we're in the process of getting Grant Cardone. So just really setting the foundation. And it's not about just having these people that are like, say, A-level guests, because we do have a lot of people that just are aspiring or my clients, right? If people invest in our Speaker Academy, I'm going to help you, right? I don't care who you are. If you invest in me, my investment is in you. So we have a variety from A to aspiring speakers and entrepreneurs that bring value, right? They have to bring value. We try to coach them and train them through interviewing on the podcast because there is an art to it. Yes, so, there is. Yes, there is. <laughs> <laughs> but, but I'll tell you this. I, I didn't realize that when I started, it wasn't really, I didn't really understand. I had an idea of what the brand was going to be like, but to say that it was going to be an opportunity to really generate revenue I didn't understand it and it wasn't to monetize it. It wasn't my intentions, but I'll say that it has been a big, it has been a big revenue source and not that we're, that we're like, Hey, you got to pay to be on a podcast. You got to do this. No, it's like people come on your podcast and you have a conversation like you need it before or after like, really? Like, I want to speak. Can I be, can I go to your second talk? And I'm like, yeah, sure, man. Like, so we, I mean, you know, so it's, it's generated definitely some revenue for us. And then it's allowed me to really build relationships, like meeting you and, 
you know, it's, it's just, it's, it, I think there's a, there's a respect when, when um, you meet someone that's a podcaster because you know the work that it takes. Because there's days you don't feel like doing a podcast. Just be real. Yeah. But you got to you gotta rise up to the occasion. So I, I would say the relationships that have been built and then the business that I didn't expect to get has really helped us to to elevate our, our, our revenue and grow our brand and, in ways that I never met. So it's yeah. pretty awesome. So and then winning podcasts of the year, that was like, wow, that really helped to monetize our brand even more. Daniel Gomes inspires and just people say like, wow. So because of that, we started a podcast launching part of our business. So now we help, we help aspiring podcasters launch their first five episodes and we take care of all their editing and everything for them. So there, it's definitely been an opportunity to grow our brand and grow our awareness in yeah. community. Yeah. You already did in the first sentence, you already did what we did. We had, I don't know about you. We did not study the art of podcasting beforehand. We just had this feeling, we had this drive, we had this passion. We're like, yeah, we had all these reasons that were emotional and important to us to do it. So we recorded one episode and we launched. <laughs> we did no, we did no pre-launch. We did no pre-marketing. We did nothing. We literally just said, we believe in this so much. We know everybody's going to do we're like, we're just going to learn as we go. And we just like, we just did it. And like, we just jumped in and then we learned how to swim. And it was, <laughs> so it, <laughs> it is, it is one method and we have made it work, but I wouldn't necessarily <laughs> recommend it. It is not for the faint of heart. Um, and so we've learned, we've learned a lot as well. Have you had a guest and you don't have to name them. I will give you a, for instance, I'm not going to name them. We've had a, more than one guest who I would assume I'm like, oh, this person, I'm not going to have to worry about the interview. They're going to know exactly how to be interviewed. They've done so many extraordinary things. They have this gigantic platform. They're going to know going to be amazing. I get on and the, the interview is a shit show. They're everywhere. <laughs> they're, they're here. They're there. They're rambling. They're every, and I'm like, what, you know, whew, yeah, that, it was just very hard. Have you had that happen where a guest has surprised you? I, I've, had two, I've, I've had two of those. <laughs> I've had two of those and, and yeah. I'll tell you, I struggled with the decision that I make, but I chose not to air those shows. Yeah. So I will tell you that, yes, I've had it. And I even asked them, I even, I asked my wife, I said, is it might be selfish or she was, what happened? I was like, it just, it just like, they're like, like after you hear them, their, their mm-hmm. values, their values don't go with my values. Yeah. Just with them stuff they said. So there's, there's been like two or three shows that I haven't aired. Like I just said, well, I just deleted them to be honest with you because it just, so, yeah, so I think I think it goes in walking in your integrity or walking in who you are. And yeah. if you do it for the right reason, I did it for the right reasons, but they're here, they're there. Oh, you think they're a great, like, uh, you think it's going to be a great interview? And then you bring, like, right, I bring all the energy. I know you bring the energy, too. And then they're still like, yeah, no. Mm, yes, and I'm like, they, come they, on. Yeah, I'm like, or, or, <laughs> I'm like help me help you. Yes, like, like, like every answer is a one word answer. I'm like, like, dude, you got to give me oh, something more than that. So I definitely feel your pain on that one. So yes. this goes out to all the future podcasters out there, or your podcasters. Yeah. You have the permission to not air every single podcast show you record. You do have that judgment call. Yeah, and it's not being selfish. I think it's being wise. So if your motive is right and the interview isn't just good, hey, let's just say, hey, did, I missed this one. Let me get the next one. And I think it's not feeling guilty because I think so many people might feel that. And then they're like, man, what did I do? Like, what did I, could I have done differently? Sometimes it's just the people. And there was one guest that I did have and I did coach that person. I said, look, next time you're on a podcast, because 
if people hear like that you're not a good interviewer or just comments made on, on at these podcast fests, they're going to be like, you know what? Don't invite them back. Or people hear your interview when they're listening to the podcast. And if your answers are short and abrupt, then the long game is going to hurt who's going to invite yeah. you to their podcast. Yeah, I hear you. And it's it does seem easy to sit down and be interviewed. But like you said, there is an art to it. And you really have to. It's a dance. The interview is a dance. And you have to have your thing. Um yeah, I'd love, that's another conversation. I feel like I could sit down with you and talk about forever and just have this whole, like swap some war stories on the podcast from both ends, you know, giving and, and doing the interviews. But I appreciate you doing all this. I'm really excited to support your nonprofit and I'm excited to see all the things that you're doing down the road and moving forward. I love, like I said, I love that you lead with your faith. Thank you so much for doing that. If somebody wants to get in touch with you, you have so much going on. If they want to find your podcast, if they want to hire you to come speak at their event, they want to find your book, they want to hire you to coach, or they just want to learn from you in general, because you have content that you put out there as well. Where can they find you and connect with you? Well, the, our, our, our show, the Daniel Gilmuth Inspire Show, the non-major uh, platform for podcasts, iTunes, iHeart, Instagram, I'm not Instagram, uh, pot, uh, Spotify, so our, our, our show is the Daniel Gomez Inspire Show, award-winning podcast. We have our, our episode launching tomorrow with John Lee Dumas. And then my book, You Are Born to Fly, is on Amazon. We also got Sticker Shock. If you're in sales, you need confidence to win in sales. So Sticker Shock is definitely a book on Amazon that you can get. And my brand is Daniel Gomez Inspire. So I'm on Instagram. I'm on Clubhouse. I'm on, you name it, Facebook. But do this. Send me a, go to www danielgomezglobal.com that's www.danielgomezglobal.com and that's our website you can go and that talks about our coaching leads you to our podcast and you can send me a message through there or you can even send me a direct email i'll give you my direct email it's daniel at danielgomezspeaker.com daniel at danielgomezspeaker.com and you can send me an email if you want to book me for coach um for for speaking definitely reach me out to there and i want to give your audience a free gift text the word confident C-O-N-F-I-D-E-N-T to the number 26786. That's confident to 26786. And you'll get my free program. Um, I, used, I used to sell that for $97, but I give it away now it just as for to add value to people. It's seven days to fly daily. And it's my morning routine. And it's an amazing program that really sets your mind straight to help you fly every day. And especially with that ego in the back of you. Because you were born to fly, and that's why my book is called that. You were born for greatness. You were born for success. You were born for excellence. So thank awesome. you for having me, Barb. I'm, yeah, I'm thank you so much. I, I can't let you go before I ask this one question, which I have to ask. I wanted to make sure we got all your information out there first. But one reason, as I've touched on, we started American Snippets as our own way to push back at first against the negativity in this country and B as our way to defend the American dream, which we saw was under assault. For me, this is extra emotional because my husband gave his life in service of this country and so that everybody like you and me could do what we're doing and pursue our dreams and our passions. But when I saw people losing faith in that, I sort of felt like it was my mission to re help them restore their faith. And that's why I wanted to bring them stories like yours. But we also understand that the American dream is different for everybody. And this is where people get confused. They think when we say American dream, we mean your dream has to look like my dream has to look like we all have to have the same version of the American dream, which could not be further from the truth. The beauty of the American dream is that it's customized for every single person who has the grace to live in this country, who's blessed enough to live in this country, imperfect as it is. So I'd like to ask you, what is your version of that American dream? Well, I see it as a fountain. We have a beautiful fountain in front of our, our house, our new house. It's a 
It's a fountain in the middle of the driveway. And on the top is God. And as the fountain flows over, God blesses us. So my version of success in the dream is we're blessed so much that we're able to be a blessing to the people around us, whether it's through prayer, through monetary, through some form of support. But it's really to be so successful that when somebody needs assistance in any way or form, you're there to help them out. That's my version of the American dream. Blessed to be a blessing is what I would say. I love it. Daniel, again, thank you so much for all you're doing and for taking the time to sit down and to be a part of our community here at American Snippets. No, well, thank you so much for having me. And definitely we want to get you on our show. So I'll send you the link to you and you're going to be an epic guest. So thank you for having me. I'm honored and everybody here on the show, definitely subscribe to this, this show, this channel, this show for Barb. And it's an amazing podcast. She has energy and leave her a review. She's an amazing interviewer. I can tell you I've been on some podcasts where the interviewer isn't as energetic and doesn't ask the right format. I got to tell you, give Barb a five-star review for her interviewing because she's amazing. So thank you, Barb. Wow, that has never, ever, ever happened before in American Snippets. So thank you so very much. <laughs> All right, everyone, that wraps up another episode of American Snippets. Thank you so much for tuning in today. I'd like to personally thank Daniel Gomez for being here as well uh, and sharing his story and his insight uh, and lessons that he's learned over the years in business. Hope you got some value out of this episode. If you did, please leave us a five-star review on iTunes. Share this podcast with a friend. Let someone know what we're doing here. Uh, share this episode on social media. Make sure you follow us on social as well, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and Twitter, at American Snippets. Uh, and don't forget to go to americansnippets.com forward slash newsletter to check out the show notes. Uh, re-listen to the podcast interview. You can watch the video interview there as well and catch up on everything that we're doing here on the podcast, including uh, Monday Rewind and Op-Ed Friday, which are also found at americansnippets.com forward slash newsletter. Don't forget, I want to invite you to check out and join our community called the Great American Syndicate. Just go to greatamericansyndicate.com to learn more. And don't forget, we have patriotic apparel and merch at americansnippetsapparel.com. Appreciate you being here today. We will see you again soon. Now go out there and show the world how exceptional you really are.